Good morning. You are listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. Very excited to introduce my first guest, kicking off the show, Justine Batista. She is a PhD student right here at UC Irvine. She's in social ecology and member of the Mental Health Youth Action Forum that just took place in D.C., which probably feels so surreal. She's a graduate of Chapman University with a B.A. in Integrated Educational Studies with a community emphasis on health concentration, and she's standing by right now. Good morning, Justine. Hello, how are you? Good, you must feel like you're in a, a daze, in a dream. <laughs> I definitely do. It's the first Monday um, since the whole D.C. week, so it definitely is kind of getting back into the groove of things, um, but definitely Amazing. really happy to be here. So tell, walk me through what happened, how you ended up being part of the Mental Health Youth Action Forum in D.C. Yeah, so I work with an organization. They're called Asian Mental Health Collective. Um, I've been doing some research work for them, some volunteer work. Um, I'm a part of their mentorship program as well. And they put out a call for applications. And one of the folks that works there with me was kind of just saying like oh you should definitely apply um so I just kind of did on a whim I didn't really think that anything would happen and Mm -hmm. didn't even tell anyone that I applied because (laughs) I was just like well it's not really gonna happen so I might as well just keep it to myself um so I applied I talked about the work that I'm doing it was pretty straightforward not a very like complicated application okay was just very much so like what are you doing now and what do you hope to do in the future? Um, and then I, a few months later, um, I got an email saying I was a finalist. Wow. And then they asked me to submit a bio of myself. Okay. And then just kind of answer a few more questions. And even then I was like, okay, well, they must have told everyone they're a finalist. Like, <laughs> there's no way. Like, I feel like it was kind of just not, I didn't process that it would happen. So, so um, and then until like, uh, I think like probably a week after that, um, I got the email saying that I was going to be a part of it. Um, and that was still surreal. Um, You're like, is this legit? Is this, is this really for real? Yeah. I mean, I honestly did not believe that it would happen until like a week before when, um, UCI was releasing, uh, press materials about it. And I was like, okay, like it's actually happening. This is going down. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, I just thought in my head, like, oh, the White House is going to cancel or something. They're going to be too busy <laughs> or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, it was it was definitely a surprise. It's amazing. Amazing. And then what was it like being there? It was very, um, it was very emotional. Okay. When you walk into the halls of the White House, and it's still, like, very... Um, it definitely is still surreal talking about it. But um, when you first walk into the doors of the White House, there are these two uh, musicians. They are from uh, the military, and they're they're volunteers, I believe. But they play very emotional music. So they're playing um, Adele um, to make you feel my love by Adele. Okay, so you're all sobbing. 
<laughs> I know, to the violin, and I was like, are you serious? <laughs> Stop <laughs> I it. I walked in. I'm already a little emotional. Yes. Um, and then I get into this room. or So there's this big, like, hallway, kind of. Okay. And they kind of just put us immediately into rehearsals. And that was kind of also where it just definitely hit me, was when they had us rehearse and go onto the stage. Um, I didn't mm. know that we would be, like, a part of the event in that, like, we would be on a stage. I thought that it was that we were going to be sitting in some chairs oh, as an no. audience and then watching Dr. Biden and watching Selena Gomez talk. Um, but we were on the stage with them. Um, Amazing. So it was definitely very... Um, it was just like a how did I even get here to this yeah. point moment. Um, but I definitely thought a lot about like my family, mm-hmm. um, thought a lot about um, kind of my upbringing and how my younger self would have never believed that I would be there. Um, and so it was very emotional, but it was really exciting. Lots of adrenaline. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was it was incredible. But yeah. And then meeting other people around your age from all over oh yes that was honestly one of the best parts because we had only known each other closely for a couple of days um or that was our third day really knowing each other um i had met them over zoom for we had six weeks of prep basically but we were meeting over Zoom, and I hadn't really talked to most of them. Um, and even over Zoom, it wasn't really, like, talking to each other. Sure. Um, but when we got there the first day, immediately, like, we clicked. Um, I had a flight with a few people that were from L.A., and it felt like we had known each other for, like, forever. And it was incredible to be surrounded by people that were um, interested in similar things and um, advocated for similar causes because it made it feel like the things that I was advocating for um, had so many wonderful people also behind it. Yes. Um, and it was really awesome to meet all these people that were um, incredibly passionate um, and super supportive and uplifting. And even if we all had presentations to do, mm-hmm. um, there was never an ounce of like competitiveness um, it was always just about like being supportive with each other. I love it. How did you become passionate about mental health? Um, it definitely was a... So when I was in high school, I first wanted to be a chef. Mm-hmm. It definitely was not always something that I was thinking about. Um, I knew that mental health was like a, a very integral part of my life. I know that it affected a lot of my family members. Um, but I think that in high school, I kind of just deflected and didn't really want to focus my life on that. Um, okay. Until I, I remember I took like an AP psychology class and I realized that like learning about mental health wasn't me making myself more upset about the things that were happening. It was more of me allowing myself to feel like I had some sort of autonomy and some ability to do something and make some sort of difference in the world mm-hmm. um, and to help other people. So that was kind of where it stemmed from. And I started off wanting to be a marriage and family therapist um, because I wanted to work directly with people. Um, and then in college, just kind of changed my mind a little bit because um, I realized that I did not feel emotionally equipped to handle being a therapist every day. 
but still wanted to do the work to advocate and to um, kind of just find ways to kind of change the way that we think about mental health. Um, And so I started getting really involved in research um, in undergrad and then um, realized that I wanted to continue doing research, which is why I am now in the uh, PhD program at UCI. In the School of Social Ecology, right? Yes. That's a great program. I Yes, I love it. I love the flexibility. I love how interdisciplinary it is because I will say also that the way that I think about mental health is not just like psych sciences. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think a lot about like how I can work with people across other schools, which is kind of what drove me to um, that program specifically. It's just uh, the ability to work across disciplines and not just have to kind of funnel yourself into one research interest or just doing whatever your advisor is doing. So that definitely was something that was a real pull for me there. By the way, I was just at Chapman this past weekend. My daughter graduated in the same program where you got your degree. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. (laughs) I love Chapman. I I cannot say more good things about Chapman. Um, Amazing. They had such a wonderful um, program in psychology where mm-hmm. I felt like I knew everyone and it was small enough to the point where like I knew all my professors I could have really intense deep conversations with them after class um, exactly so I loved it yeah it's so personable yes absolutely and I hope that your daughter also loved it oh she absolutely loved it absolutely. Um, so That's I yeah I, I wanted to tell you that and um so I had been part of the Mental Health Action Day last Thursday, and what was that like being part of that huge initiative? It was um, it was definitely one of those things where I had seen it happening before, but I never really thought of myself as like an integral part of it. Um, and that I realized when I was a part of um, the Mental Health Youth Action Forum that um, I definitely gained a lot of confidence after that. And I think that Mental Health Action Day kind of transformed for me and became something more tangible. And I was trying to kind of explain to people that, like, the things that you do, the actionable steps that you take in the mental health field actually do have an impact and actually can bring you somewhere um, yes. And I kind of realized that I could use myself as an example after that whole thing of, like, if you advocate enough and if you um, are passionate, if you do the work and if you, um, you know, if you find yourself um, passionate enough about mental health to be able to, like, go into spaces like the White House, yes. um, you know, there are definitely things that the mental health space can bring you to. And it's it's definitely an incredible um incredible community of people um and so i think that mental health action day i kind of take took on a different role um especially online just kind of being because there's not a lot of people um that see or a lot of people that look like me that see people like me in these types of positions elaborate and wait elaborate on that yeah um so i there are very few Filipino uh, doctoral students. Um, there are very few Filipinos that um, even go into higher education. Um, the statistic is super low. I forgot what the exact percentage was, but 
very, very few people. Um, and so that alone is something that I've been really passionate about pushing is um, kind of empowering young people to be able to um, engage in higher education. Mm-hmm. So um, I will say that, like, that was something that since I started my doctoral program, I've been really passionate about. That's great. And to be able to, you know, go to the White House and put on my bio that I am a PhD student, yes. that I came from a lower-income family, um, I'm a first-gen, um, I think that that was really powerful um, for me to be able to know that people can see me in that place. Definitely. And I think that for Mental Health Action Day, I've been kind of really trying to push for people to empower themselves to take action. Um and to know that it's actually going towards something. To know that, you know, when you take action, when you advocate for something, um, it's not, like, meaningless. It's like it actually does something. Um, And my advocacy has kind of um, allowed me to be in the place that I am now. So, yeah. Outstanding. It's so interesting. I was looking at your degree, and I'm thinking, when did she graduate from Chapman? Was it just last year? It was 2019. It feels like last year because the (laughs) pandemic has, like, completely just muddled time and space. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It's a blur, which is wonderful uh, when I heard about that you were part of the D.C. Forum because one of the things that's been a huge problem in the pandemic is the lack of connection, and that's caused so much depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. and et cetera, et cetera. And so to bring all of you together in person— to get to go to D.C. and and share this common, you know, passion for mental health and all these initiatives you're doing, it, it must have been so uplifting. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I think that, and a lot of the participants and I were talking about this, where um, afterwards you're kind of just like, well, what do I do now? Um, yes. <laughs> I mean, I already met the president, so, like, what do I do? Um, but I think that after the event, it's very um, empowering, and I think that Dr. Biden and President Biden were very adamant about instilling in us that we are supposed to be doing this work and that yes. we're there in that space because we've been doing the work and we should continue to do the work. Um, and so it definitely was something that kind of gave me a newfound, um, I guess, like instilling inspiration, which is super cliche, but like, no, no, I can um, understand newfound why. inspiration to, yeah, just continue doing the yes. work. Um, so it definitely was really powerful to be there. Well, and then, you know, I, I actually want to share with listeners, I'm looking at the bios on mental, mental health is health dot us. Um, there's a link for the youth action forum and the bios of the participants are incredible from, is it Davida? Is that yeah. how you pronounce name? Davida, uh, Dana Altman, I know. There's a whole bunch of people that I follow up with. And it, it's so inspiring and fascinating and exciting to see what they're bringing into the world. Absolutely. And I think that was definitely the beauty of the whole program, of the whole initiative, was that because when you're working with organizations, you're working with people that are within the same, that have the same mission as you. Right. Um, versus when you get to meet in these spaces with other people from different organizations that are doing different things that are literally CEOs um, of their own nonprofits. Right. Um, I think that it allows us to kind of collaborate and draw from our own um, creative avenues. 
it was so interesting to see how people um, talk about mental health differently, how they, like, advocate for mental health differently, um, what storytelling means to people across different um, backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I think that was something really interesting and was kind of, like, a central theme also. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think that it's just the ability to collaborate and connect with all these people and to also know that now I have 29 other people that... I can easily just message, um, and then at the touch of a button, they they absolutely be there for me. Yes, it's so exciting. I mean, look how your whole world opened up from this. Absolutely. I mean, it is definitely very exciting. I'm in kind of the stage right now where, like, I'm just thinking about what to do next mm-hmm. um, because it's kind of one of those things where it's like this big thing that happened, and you're like. What do I do now? Um, but I do think that, like, I've been very privileged to be able to be in spaces to talk about it, um, to talk about it with you. And I think that, like, my kind of hope is that people hear it from backgrounds that are also low income or also from diverse backgrounds and yes. um, kind of see themselves in that. Definitely. Could you talk a little bit about, uh, is it Ceres, C-E-R-E-S, Connecting the EdTech Research Ecosystem Center? Yeah, so that is, it's been a really amazing experience there. Um, It's basically a center that is funded by the Jacobs Foundation, um, and it seeks to kind of connect a bunch of people. Um, It is international, so we have folks from Germany, we have folks from across the nation also, um, and uh, we host things like workshops, we attend um, kind of guest presentations as well, um, and then we have this kind of collective where we can collaborate on research together, um, and one thing that I really appreciate about this uh, center is that it allows us to fully embrace our own research, it doesn't kind of put a research agenda on us or force us to do a project that's only they're interested in. Sure. Um, it allows us to kind of do our own projects and kind of just provides the support. Um, so we have someone there that is able to, that they pay to uh, look over our, um, look over our papers and stuff to uh, do some proofreading. Um, but it is definitely a, it is a collective of people where I'm, I feel like I'm able to engage in the research that I am interested in um, and then kind of utilize the center as a way for me to improve that research um, or find collaborators. So, um, yeah, I definitely really appreciate that space. Yeah, It's great to just network with all these people. It helps you kind of find your way. When you talk about you don't know what you're going to do next, you have so much time it will come to you. It will just kind of unfold in unexpected ways. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I am only on my second year as well, so I kind of have, I still have three years in the program. Um, So I definitely do have some time to think about that. Um, But I I definitely feel very supported, especially in the center. I feel very supportive in my program. So, um, yeah, I definitely do feel... Like, coming back to UCI, it still does feel, like, very homey, and Mm -hmm. it is nice to come back. Um, I was almost relieved when I got back home, and I was just like, I can relax. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. 
Uh, at what point do you you choose your dissertation topic? I will start thinking about it next year. Um, Good. So that will be kind of when I start to think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that you need to have, like, everything really set in place by your fourth year. Okay. Um, the third year is really, I think, when you think about the topic. Okay, good. That's great. I actually got my PhD from Boston University. Very nice. I love, like, the East Coast now. I was like, <laughs> I just love the culture. So um, it, I always think, like, when I was there, I was like, man, like, I've gone to college here. Like, it's just such a, um, it's so cool here. And it everyone is. is just like, like, literally everyone around you is doing, like, like, you can hear people on the phone that are, like, literally making laws and stuff. Right. So it must have been also really cool to be in Boston because it's kind of a similar yes, thing there as well. Definitely. One thing I, I know we have to wrap up soon, but I want to stay in touch and have you back on. I always found it so interesting that we adopted STEM and STEAM, but mental health is not integrated into the curriculum. I'm hoping mm-hmm. there'll be some policy changes. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, so I I definitely agree with you, and I think that we tend to only address mental health after it becomes a crisis mm-hmm. instead of thinking about preventative measures. Yes. Um, and especially in schools, you know, we kind of force students to the brink and kind of tell them, or not tell them, but we, I think that we um, instill this idea that they are supposed to seek out their counselors when they really need it. Um, not when they don't necessarily, they just want someone to talk to right. um, and want to take those preventative measures so that they never get to the point where they absolutely need a counselor now or else something bad is going to happen. Yes. Um, and I think that a lot of that is also not on the counselors. It's not something that they, that their fault at all I think that um, if everyone were to do that they would be overburdened right Um, if everyone were to see a counselor every week um, they would not have the capacity for that but I think that that's how the school system inherently tells people that they're only supposed to see their counselor when they absolutely absolutely need it Um, and even then school counselors I think are a lot of times meant to be there academically. I've had school counselors that have had presentations um, in my high school, but their presentations are always centered around academics. So it's like, how yeah. can you get into college? Right. Um, and I've never seen a presentation from them. You know, we literally had, um, which is definitely a trigger warning here, but um, when I was in high school, we had people that had committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were there and they were seeking classrooms when they had committed suicide. But after that happened, after they were there saying, like, if you're in crisis, you can come to us. There were never any, like, preventative measures after that. Um, Yeah, that is a huge problem. And I noticed that pretty early on, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, The work I do, and again, you and I should follow up and talk about this, it is preventative. I I really Mm -hmm. believe strongly that there could even be peer-to-peer programming. That's some of the stuff I do. So, you know, peers can connect on certain levels. And obviously, if it's a red flag situation, that's for a counselor. But I just also, I'm hearing things like, oh, I don't feel like I'm heard and people are listening and they're not empathetic. And I mean, teachers and counselors have had to deal with a tidal wave in the past three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. And I think that that's really incredible that you're doing that because, um, High school can be really cruel, and if I think that we 
I mean, I, I've seen it myself where um, people kind of scapegoat and they choose people for absolutely no reason mm-hmm. um, to kind of isolate. Um, and those people usually don't feel empowered enough to go and take those steps and go to a counselor because they've kind of been told um, their entire lives that what they say doesn't really matter. Um, and so having those peer programs where you know that they get access to be able to have friends that are on their campus even yes, um, and get to kind of gain that voice again and that confidence is definitely really powerful. And I'm so glad that you're doing um, that type of work. And actually, um, Dr. Biden had talked about this where she had started this college student mentoring program. Mm-hmm. And it definitely um, was something that I thought about where it was like, if this could be expanded into um, high schools and then even to elementary school, um, what could that look like? And if you started at an earlier age, even when they get into high school, um, like, you know, will their perspectives change? Um, So, yeah, I mean, definitely is really incredible and really glad that you're doing that work. Thank you so much. So I would love to follow up with you. We have to wrap up, but where can people find more information about you? Yes, so I am on the mentalhealthishealth.us website. You can find me on there. Um, You can also email me. Um, I'm on UCI's site. My email is jrbautis at uci.edu. And also, yeah, always willing to talk. Um, Fantastic. Thank you so much, Justine, for calling in. Of course. Thank you for having me. All right. Stand by. Don't hang up. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) 